everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Today we're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana, Roots, and Folk music. But before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today, I had the pleasure of talking with Mr. Willie Carlisle. He's coming through Reno and playing a show at Cypress this week. So if you're in northern Nevada, um, uh, Thursday, October 12th is when he's playing. It's going to be a super fun show, and I uh, haven't seen him live yet, but I'm very, very excited to uh, to see him there. And so, yeah, if you're around this area, definitely come out to the show for sure. Uh, but otherwise, you're going to enjoy this interview. We talked about his most recent album, which came out last summer, uh, Peculiar Missouri, and a couple of the songs on there, and just kind of his music in general. We had a great conversation about music and uh, his influences and all that. So here you go. This is one of my my favorite artist out there right now, Willie Carlisle. Enjoy. Well, you, you've been hitting the road pretty hard lately, um, touring all across the United States, uh, even into uh, Europe as well. And I'm just wondering how things have been going for you out on the road. Uh, really good. Um, boy, um, the gratefulness to do this for a living is really real. Uh, the whiplash of going from somebody that played in uh, in a lot of sort of bars and honky tonks to play in you know proper venues and selling a lot of tickets is um is very real too we've been pretty much on the road since february and um well not many signs of slowing down we're learning our equilibrium learning how often to change strings you know making the mistakes on the fly it's been fun yeah 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 and um you're gonna be um uh, playing in reno next week you're gonna be playing with rachel bayman how long has she been um on the road with you oh about a week now and she and i have a lot in common so we'll probably play a little together too she's a wonderful folk singer yeah yeah for sure i've had her on the podcast a couple of times uh love her voice oh, nice. love her playing she, she's fantastic yeah so um also you're gonna be um uh, you just announced this week that you're gonna be opening up for tyler childers um uh i think next year um congratulations on that that sounds like an incredible opportunity yeah you know uh um how do you uh you know you'll have to riddle me this you're you you have thousands of people listen to you at any given time on the radio It'll be interesting in a stadium. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm going to do my best to prepare. Uh, but in the long run, uh, honestly, I'm just grateful that um, Tyler and his team are fans because, um, well, that's a really nice vote of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I think the big difference, though, is that I don't see any faces when I'm talking into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's going to be a little more nerve wracking on your end, I think. Yeah, we'll see. I think you know, uh, uh, nerves are are just uh, are just good energy waiting to happen. Um, yeah, at least that's how we pretty pretty much feel about it. I've actually never really been to Reno, except when I was living in a van. Um, I you know I slept in uh, in I guess casino parking lots a couple of times in Reno. But that's about it. Yeah. So so you never played Reno before. I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, oh, I could be wrong. I'll, I'll occasionally forget something, but I don't think I'd forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the place you're playing is, it's called Cypress. It's a great club. Um, uh, they kind of renovated it a couple of years ago and, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a cool place. They've having a lot of cool shows there. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Lovely. Um, well, I've got all my toys with me. There'll be, um, 
a couple of different banjos and a couple of different accordions. And between me and, and Rachel, a couple of different guitars and fiddles as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, should be a should be a really good time. I think we're putting on one of the best folk or country music shows that money can buy right now. And I'll eat my hat if somebody didn't think so. <laughs> awesome. I like that. So, yeah, so you're going to be playing there since we're talking about it. Um, you're going to be playing there October 12th, which is uh, um, this next Thursday um, at, at Cypress in Reno. And, um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about it, but um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about more about what to expect. Are you, are you playing solo? Um, and, um, yeah, just kind of um, uh, what's the show going to look like? Yeah, so it's a, it's a solo folk music show. Um, I play uh, harmonica, rhythm bones, a couple different banjos, as mentioned, fiddle, uh, guitar, accordion, a lot of different instruments. Kind of a cross-genre experience, I say folk music, but really I mean like European folk music and American folk music and, you know, um, uh, contemporary country songs and kind of things under that great big Americana umbrella that we made up at some point together to try to figure out what modern roots music really was, right? Um, and uh, there's a lot of jokes, a lot of stories. Um, uh, my show is about an hour and a half long, and people tell me it goes really fast. It goes really fast for me. Um, I just kind of blink and it's over. Um, and uh, Rachel plays for about 45 minutes. So all in all, it's like, um, uh, well, it's a lot of music um, and a lot of different kinds of it. By the time, uh, I don't think you'll hear, you won't hear two things that sound the same. I really don't think so. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, you know, one of the things that um, uh, about your music, especially the, the last album, it, it seems that there's sort of a, a poetry influence and, and um, to me, a beat poetry uh, influence. And I was wondering if, if that comes through in your shows. Do you do any spoken word stuff or um, can you maybe talk to the, the, the poetry aspect of your music? Sure. Yeah. Um, um, I guess I would say I do a, a lot of poetry in shows and there's a lot of poetry on the record. Um, and you know, maybe, you know, uh, maybe a song is just a, a, a poem that you sing, Right. Um, but in a lot of cases I'll be, uh, speaking a poem and then singing it and then speaking it and then singing it. And it's kind of a continuum. Um, I try to change things up that we do all the time. Um, uh, somebody smarter than me said that folk music is about having a really long memory. And so a lot of what we're doing on stage is just like engaging that long memory and seeing, uh, where the, where the river takes us when we jump into it, you know, um, uh, of stuff you've learned from a lot of different people. So, um, there's a lot of poems in it. In fact, just yesterday, um, somebody reminded me of a poem. I didn't know that I remembered, um, and, um, just, sort of recited it on stage when it made sense to us just for fun. So there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, we get into a lot of riffs too. <laughs> Sometimes I get myself into trouble if I'm having too much fun with an audience. We definitely were, it was that way with Seattle last night. There were, there were a few, um, uh, mouthy fun drunks in the front and, um, <laughs> and we made some pretty glorious riffs. <laughs> mouthy fun drunks. I like that. That's good. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm all for, I really am all for it. Um, I don't know. Someday we might have seated, quiet audiences, but kind of, um, uh, 
bump that, if you will. <laughs> I want everybody to have fun. I really do. Yeah. I was just at uh, Bad Religion last night, and uh, there were some, some mouthy drunks there at that show, for sure. It was, it was a little ruckus. What are you supposed to do? Right? You're <laughs> right. supposed to not have any fun at the... Yeah. Um, I, I sometimes think that, especially folk music, there's this like, you know, aura of quiet around it. Um, and, um, I want everybody to, I want everybody to make out with a stranger at the end of the night or, you know, make the bad decision that will lead them into future good decisions or, you know, if they need to. So that's what it's there for. Yeah. I feel you. Music for the people. Well, I wanted to chat about a couple of the songs off that last record because, um, I tell you what, man, that, that record just blew my mind. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure what to expect with it, but I love what you did with it. So many great songs and I played it on oh, my radio thanks. show a lot. Yeah. You, you, you bet for oh, sure. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, I wanted to talk about, um, uh, two of the songs. Um, uh, first, uh, Tulsa's last magician. Um, it, it's gotten a lot of attention out there and whatnot, but, um, I, I just think it's a beautiful song with a beautiful message. And I was wondering if you could just uh, talk about that song for a minute. Yeah, sure. Um, one of those story songs that follows a person from their childhood to their death. Um, and it just tells a story about an out of work magician who's uh, roaming around the country trying to find his place in the world and then getting old and realizing he has no place in the world and then disappearing. And um, in the song, you know, quite literally, we just use magic metaphors to talk about his life. Um, you know, he learned to disappear because his uh, family was drinking. Um, uh, friends demand explanations for his card tricks, and uh, uh, and he just says the the card you pulled was your own. Um, stuff like that. Um, when I was writing it, uh, it was because I I was really fond of a of a Jimmy Buffett song, "Rest in Peace, Jim." And um, a Ramblin' Jack Elliott song, both of which I thought were like kind of incomplete. And so I started it as an experiment. Like, what if I just like merged this really cool Ramblin' Jack Elliott finger picking pattern with this idea of a story song that I heard in a Jimmy Buffett, like, you know, deep cut, Jimmy Buffett cut. And then um, it took on a life of its own um, one night, uh, sort of one summer night. And um has turned into a song a lot of people really like. I'm, I'm really proud of it. Um, it challenges the attention span. You know, it's three and a half whole minutes. That's a lot of song for the TikTok generation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What were the uh, Jimmy Buffett and Ramblin' Jack songs that you were, you were riffing on? If I Was a Carpenter, a lovely drop D uh, Ramblin' Jack Elliott song, and The Death of an Unpopular Poet uh, is the um, Jimmy Buffett song. And the Jimmy Buffett song is, tells a story about a, uh, a, a popular poet, but from the perspective of his dog. <laughs> huh. And on the record, there, it's just like he has so much Jimmy Buffett. Um, steel drums come in at a certain point, and it becomes like an island tune. It just <laughs> wrecks it, in my estimation. But what do I know? <laughs> That's funny. Sometimes that happens. The production of a song will, will kind of kill it, you know? Like, the yeah. song's amazing, but you're like, oh, why did they put those strings on there or whatever? You know, just like whatever it is. Yes, a lot of a lot of. It's uh, coming for us all. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, there's some Willie Nelson stuff out there that's like that for me. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't think. Yeah, he, I don't think he made that call. I think that was a, a producer or something, you know. <laughs> and 
uh, yeah, eventually, eventually they, uh, you know, um, the Willie has to disappear in a haze of smoke and Jimmy has to go to Margaritaville and the producers just messing around, right. <laughs> making bad decisions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, yeah, the other song was peculiar Missouri. And, uh, I just think that song is, is, um, is so, so well done. And, and, and it, it's, it, there's empathy in there. It, it, it humanizes, um, uh, people. And, um, I just, I just love what you were doing with that song. So yeah. Can you talk about that one as well? Yeah, it's a it's a talking blues, which is of course an old folk music format, um, where you uh, where you just uh, you talk um, against a, a blues pattern, sometimes finger picked, uh, and a lot of times they follow a format where a man tells a story and he's going through the story, and then suddenly something happens. Plays a little lick, bum 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 bum, and then he tells another aspect of the story that happens, so on. Uh, I always wanted to do a talking blues uh, about having a panic attack in a Walmart. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but um, it's something that I've done a number of times and uh, had panic attacks in Walmart. And um, uh, Peculiar Missouri is this little town that really doesn't actually have a Walmart in it. You got to drive 15 minutes, but uh, um, the town I was always passing through. Um, when I was living in my van, um, trying to figure out how to play music for a living. And, um, well, uh, uh, I thought it was a good pun, uh, peculiar misery, uh, weird suffering, you know, uh, uh, queer, queer difficulty, um, or sadness. Right. Um, so it just is kind of another one of those story songs, but this time it's as if, you and me, you know, um, an imaginary you and imaginary me are sharing an experience together, um, which is not a thing I hear a lot of songs do is say, hey, you, uh, it's this song is you and me doing this, you know, it's sort of asking people to imagine that they're having a panic attack with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so good. I love that. It's it's a, it's a clever idea, um, and um, and it's executed well. And 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 I, I think that's a, a cool uh, style that I, I think we don't hear enough. That that talking blues, um, you know, it's 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 kind of um, ebbed and flowed throughout history of people using it as a style. Uh, but I think it's it's a really interesting uh, style of American music. Yeah, I'm I'm never going to get over it. I think I'm going to do it forever. Um, I'm trying to only put one on every record because <laughs> they're so fun to write. They're so fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so out at the, um, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, well, I started with Woody Guthrie. Um, but then there's so many great ones. I mentioned Ramblin' Jack Elliott. He's got a great one called nine Twelve green. Um, there's great ones by Johnny cash that nobody, that nobody pays that much attention to. Um, there's slim Whitman, there's just like country music is full of people with talking blues and they just, it'll never be the top of a Spotify playlist. Right. But it might've been the best thing at a live concert. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of the difference to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Um, I, I was out at the the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering in Elko. It happens every year, Elko, oh, yeah. Elko Nevada. And uh, Ramblin' Jack's always a big part of that. And um, Culture Wall was out there, and um, he's he was playing live, and he said, "I'm going to try out this the, this talking blue song. Um, I haven't recorded it. I'm just going to throw it out there." And 
I loved it. And I, everyone in, in the crowd had loved it. It was, it was great. And I haven't seen it recorded anywhere. Um, it, I, it's just weird. I'm like, like put it out there, man. You know, like it's, but maybe it's more live. Maybe it, it works better live than on record. I think they're pretty hard to record, but also you need practice. They need audiences, which is something that's really fun about them, right? Like a song, you're like, well, we've got two verses and, and we'll sing the chorus twice and there'll be a solo in the middle and boom, bang, bang, done. But at Talking Blues, you've got to see, you've got to see how everybody reacts. It's a really, I mean, what a great place to try one out. You couldn't ask for a better audience. They're there to listen to cowboy poetry. You know they've got the patience, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and also that you'll get the feedback that you need. Um, uh, well, I boy, I'd love to hear that. Um, I would, that's something I'd, I'd pay $10 right now to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I have it on, I, I recorded it. I was recording off the board. Um, so I have a, I have it, you know, on my hard drive, but, um, I can't, I can't put it out there, but, um, <laughs> but I, I go back and listen to it every now and again. I'm like, Oh, it's really good. It'd be a, a bad radio DJ that did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly all right man well um oh i was gonna ask you have have you ever have you ever gone to the cowboy poetry gathering it is bucket list for me one of the guys i learned stuff from glenn orland was there all the time okay yeah and uh i never got i've never gotten to go it's it's it is very bucket list for me i don't ride horses well so (laughs) i gotta i gotta get on there's a few things i gotta get on uh before i feel that comfortable with it but i yeah I, i really want to yeah. It's an amazing community. They've been doing it since 1984, I think. And it was the first, yeah. the first of its kind, you know? And, um, yeah, I look forward to going every year. It's so much beautiful poetry, so much great music. It's, it's really something. There's, um, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things I'd really like to learn at places like that. Kind of my goal, honestly, uh, being on, I'm on the road all the time and it really, uh, it really puts in perspective what you want. Showbiz is dumb and, uh, folk music is amazing. And, um, you know, showbiz is the part where you just wear a big hat for money. Uh, but folk music is the part where you share in an ancient and beautiful vernacular tradition that goes back to the ding-dang British Isles and represents the, the hard work and uh, oftentimes hard work and suffering of uh, people who needed uh, songs and poems and lessons and aphorisms to get them through the day. And, um, well, places like the Cowboy Poetry Gathering seem like a really nice amalgam of the two, right? A little yeah. showbiz, a little, but a lot of folk, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I want to do a lot more stuff. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's go together. I'm here for it. I just wanted to say I'm a huge fan of your music and uh, love what you're doing. And, um, yeah, just I wish you the best of luck out there. All right. Well, my tour manager has given me the... Uh, can we get in the van now? Look. Okay. Oh, um, we got to go hit Portland. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and don't be a stranger. We'll see you next week. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. All right. Have a great day. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. like, and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this, leave a rating and tell a friend. Also big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody, have a good one.